0: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, I was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
2: We've got big news to start the show. It is official. Tom Brady is retiring from the NFL after a pretty decent career. Also, update from yesterday. It turns out the Rams and Bengals are playing in the Super Bowl. Just in case you you heard yesterday's show. Adam, Jamie, and Dave here to talk about Star Wars and football and tight ends and Tom Brady. Uh, How many number one finishes did Tom Brady have in his career? QB1. What do you think?
1: I
0: guess. Which is it? What Which you say? TB12.
1: <laughs> it did not have 12. Um, I, I think it's low. I'll say three. I'll say six.
2: I have him at one. A two. A two. Uh, a two. Yeah, two number one finishes. 2007 by... and? 2007, eight, nine, and 2010, it appears. Plus, he finished QB2 two one, two, three, four times, and QB3 twice. So that would be eight top three finishes in his illustrious career. Not bad, not bad. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you guys think? You Gonna miss him? Yeah, of course.
0: I mean, I, I've never not ranked Tom Brady. I mean, that's a pretty right. crazy thing that yeah. I, I've never gone into a season without putting Tom Brady in my rankings. Um. Huh. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. If I'm the Bucks, I'm doing everything I can to get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, maybe not in that order. Um, you know, try and get one of those guys to come because you still have a championship roster, certainly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, very good offensive line. Mike Evans, we'll see what happens. Uh, most likely we're going to do a Gronk podcast probably soon as well if, uh, you know, he stays true to his word. But if you could find a way to get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in Tampa Bay, that would be, I think, a, a fun situation to, uh, you know, keep that team relevant. But obviously, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you knew it was coming 45 years, 44 years old, gonna be 45, um, you know, 22 years in the league. Uh, Greatest quarterback ever, maybe the greatest player ever. So uh, good luck to him in his retirement, and
2: thanks for all the memories. 22 seasons for Tom Brady, and yeah, all the Super Bowls. Five times Super Bowl MVP, which is amazing, and just destroying everybody in basically every category in the postseason anyway. Postseason wins and yards and all those things. Uh, The best football player ever. The most accomplished for sure. Uh, Dave, fantasy impact. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know when the Bucks were eliminated. What would they be without Tom Brady? And the last time they didn't have Tom Brady, Chris Godwin was the number two wide receiver in fantasy. Mike Evans missed some games, but I think he was number four or five per game. So they had two top five wide receivers. Jameis Winston uh, led the league in passing. So, you know what? What are you? What are your initial thoughts on the Buccaneers without Brady?
1: Uh, you've got to imagine that unless they do make a huge splash at quarterback with Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, uh, it's going to be a big step back for them across the board. And I, I want to, you know, we heard Aaron Rodgers talk about he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Does Bruce Arians want to be a part of a rebuild? And if Aaron he's talked like he's sticking around in Tampa and even said he'll call the plays if, if Byron left, which leaves. But I, I just, I wonder if they whiff on Rodgers, they riff, they riff, they whiff on Wilson, uh, and there isn't another quarterback that they really get that they think can put up. Sure. Maybe they whiff on Watson, too. Uh, does Aaron's even stick around? And if he's gone, what is this offense going to be? Is it going to be just as aggressive as it was when he was there with Brady for two years, with Jameis for certainly that last year that Winston was there? I, I think you absolutely have to downgrade everybody that's there at this point. Um, and who's left? Evans, we know for sure, will be there. Another player, Godwin, could be franchise tagged. Sure, he could stay. They could also just let him go. Who knows? Um, there's, I saw a graphic on on another website where they put Godwin in an Eagles uniform. looked weird. It was jarring for a second. Never seen that before. Uh, Gronk probably not going to be around. The running game, who's left? Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, there, there, there's just so many possible empty spots there for the Bucks that I just. I don't know if it's fair to say that it's that anybody is going to be a great fantasy option other than Evans, who has this string of thousand yard games and might just be okay if they do end up doing the rebuild route with a mediocre quarterback who's a little young and they're trying to just get going.
0: Yeah, I think it uh, will be it will be fun though to see who they do bring in if it's not one of the premier guys, if it's not a Rogers, a Wilson, a Watson, uh if there's not an aggressive trade, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, for example. Um maybe Derek Carr, you know, if, if Josh McDaniels isn't sold on him and there's good compensation in return. But if it's one of these guys like, and I know it's going to sound ugly, but, you know, Marcus Mariota or Mitchell Trubisky or or, or Jameis Winston, you know, as at least as we've seen there, um, Jameis, at least you know what you're getting. But whoever that guy is, is going to have some sleeper appeal because of Bruce Arians and because of what they'll probably still put around that guy. So it's not going to be Brady. It's not going to be somebody that you're going to say, okay, must start fantasy quarterback, but certainly somebody that, if you uh if you pair a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, you know, some of these, you know, one of these second year quarterbacks or Tua or somebody, you know, you, you can you can decide to go the, the combo route. Uh there's probably still gonna be a lot of upside because of what Bruce Arians does. I mean, we we didn't think Jameis, or at least we've you know, we've seen it play out, Jameis and the mistakes that he's you know made he made there and and, and what he was uh in the early part of his career, Bruce Arians <laughs> turned him into a five thousand yard passer, you know. So um, there, there's still a lot to like about Bruce Arians and, and what he'll do for that quarterback. But yes, as Dave said, it is going to be a downgrade for what the next quarterback is, unless it is one of these elite level guys.
1: And how about just a little bit more food for thought here with the quarterback position, because if Rogers, Wilson, Watson, they miss on those three guys. Here are some other quarterbacks that aren't free agents, but might be available. Um, Garoppolo would top the list. I, I don't think that makes anybody in Tampa Bay really excited. Kirk cousins would be an expensive option if the Vikings want to move on from him. Um Gardner Minshew, Carson Wentz, I think those guys can be had. I think Sam Darnold, if they want to, you know, make an intra division trade, could be had. These are not necessarily the best guys that I would love to have for Mike Evans. I guess Kirk Cousins would be an exception to that. But I I definitely I had Mike Evans ranked very high coming into 2022, but it was with the assumption Brady was back, Brown wasn't there, Godwin, who knows? That's gonna change. I don't know if he's going to be a top 12 receiver now.
2: Okay. Lots to be determined in Tampa Bay. Things are going to look very different. You can listen to Fantasy Football Today on your smart speaker. Simply say, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Today podcast or, hey, Google, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Whichever service you have, you can listen to us on your, sp- on your smart speaker. We're going to turn our attention now to the tight end position, what we saw in 2021, what we learned. And really, the big question starts at the top. Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews? Jamie, who's it going to be? As
0: I told you on, on Monday show, you know, I'm, I'm torn because I, I do think that, you know, the lull in the middle of the season when the Chiefs were trying to figure out the way teams were playing them and how the, the struggle was for everybody there, essentially, uh, they, they, you know, thankfully Andy Reid got through that. And you saw the, the production at the end of the season, certainly the postseason run for, for Kelsey was amazing. As he said, it's worth noting that you know he at, at some point he's going to fall off a cliff. Uh, it happens to you know almost all the the best skill position players. You know, uh, obviously Tom Brady proves that wrong, but or proved that wrong. Um, but the skill position players, when they go, they go and they go fast. And you know, Kelsey at some point is going to hit that wall and it's not going to be the same. They're going to be, you know, maybe an injury that happens or maybe a situation that arises that he's just not as great. Um, and, and the, the steady decline might be happening, you know, before our eyes, and we're just not recognizing it enough. But I, I still think it's just too hard to overlook what he gives you consistently year in, year out in this offense with that quarterback, with that coach. And so even though I had Andrews ranked one at the end of the season, I'm probably going to go back to Kelsey by the time
2: we get talking. Oh, all right. Dave, you're on Kelsey, right?
1: I've been on Kelsey. And one of my New Year's resolutions for fantasy was to not draft old players. But I I think I have to break this one with Kelsey just because of how consistent he's been. And Jamie talked about how we're, we're looking for signs or maybe something to, to show us. Maybe we're not seeing it. Well, of course we're not seeing it. Have you looked how he's played in the playoffs? He's been outstanding. Just an unbelievable part of this Kansas city offense that isn't going to change. That isn't necessarily going to add a big piece at wide receiver that could limit his type of uh, target potential going into 2022. And I I think we can still bank on him being a very, very good fantasy tight end. He averaged 15.8 PPR points per game last year. That's low for him. It's down four and a half points per game from what he did in 2020. But I still see him as one of the best at his position. Here's the other cool thing about it. Last year, in all of our mocks, Kelsey was going as a late first-round pick. I don't think he'll go as a first-round pick in 2022. I think you're going to be able to get him in round two. And he's going to go closer to Andrews, so I think that it's a close call between those two. But I could see Baltimore adding another piece to their passing game, and I could see that piece potentially affecting Andrews more than any piece that would be added to Kansas City. So for now, I have Kelsey at one and Andrews at two.
2: Okay, and if you look at where the Ravens ranked in pass attempts the last three seasons with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback, this is a big, big piece of this. 32nd, 32nd, and ninth last year when they lost their two running backs in the preseason and they had a terrible defense. Their defensive rank the last four seasons, 2nd, 3rd, 2nd, and 19th. It wasn't terrible the entire year, but toward the end of the year it was pretty terrible. Um but, you know, it, it, two things to keep in mind with the Ravens is uh, they're going to run the ball better next year, and what's their defense going to be like? We'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on these splits. These are incredible. He played 11 games with Lamar Jackson. Now, I'm not counting one game, Lamar Jackson threw four passes. So that one's going in the non-Lamar Jackson. Slate. Yeah, Well, it makes sense, right? Yeah, 11 games. I'm going to give you his 17-game pace in both. 11 games with Lamar and six games without. All right, here's 11 with. 17 game pace, 87 catches, 1,141 yards, eight touchdowns on 136 targets, a 23.2% target share. How about his 17 game pace in his six games without Lamar Jackson? Well, it goes from 87, ca- this is insane. 87 catches was his pace with Jackson, 145 catches, <laughs> 1765 yards, so over 100 yards a game, on pace for 11 touchdowns and 184 targets. So nearly nearly 11 targets per game and a 29.4% target share. The mostly Huntley, but also Johnson, they they he was just better when those guys played. I, I you know, I don't know what that's all about. The target share was much higher It also coincided, you know, a little bit with Marquise Brown slumping. But even when
0: Marquise, Marquise the reason Marquise Brown slumping, they weren't throwing the ball.
2: (laughs) They were throwing him the ball, though. They just were throwing the ball much to Andrews at a much higher clip than Lamar Jackson was.
1: Easier target.
2: And I'll tell you what. And I saw. I, I wish I remembered it exactly. I wish I could find it. But Rich Rebar dug into this a little bit, and what he, what I remember him tweeting again. Maybe you can look this up, Dave. Was that? Uh, Huntley and Johnson were actually more accurate than Lamar Jackson on short and maybe intermediate throws. And they were a better fit for Mark Andrews than Lamar Jackson was. And Lamar Jackson actually ended up being one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in football last year, but that had a lot to do with how far down the field he was throwing. But he was throwing the ball. He, I think he led the league in air yards per pass attempt, uh, Lamar Jackson. But anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. He, he really benefited from the loss of Lamar Jackson. Um, so... I don't know if that's going to carry over to next year Jamie but what well, do you what think about What
0: you're saying is the Ravens should not pay Lamar Jackson. <laughs> they should go with Huntley and Johnson as their quarterback <laughs> and Mark Andrews will be the best player ever in the history of football.
2: Well, I, I also think they lost a lot of those games so yes. yeah they got they probably get back to their roots a little bit more but their defense obviously was a big
0: part of the losing too. Well, it's also I mean the, the you said it the the run game I think is almost bigger than that because of you know what what they lost and what they didn't have, you know. So While Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, and for whatever it was in the beginning of the season, Tyson Williams provided them, that's not J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And so it put a lot more on Lamar Jackson, on Huntley, on Josh Johnson, uh, put their defense on the field a lot more because they were having a lot of three and outs and turning the ball over. And so now you're putting, you know, all those things back in place. I'm going to guess they probably invest in their offensive line. Um, You know, the one, you know, Dave mentioned the, the receiver change. The one change that we'll probably see is a Sammy Watkins replacement. Uh, Because I don't expect him to come back, which is going to be good for Rashad Bateman. Still going to be great for Marquise Brown and obviously great for Mark Andrews. And so, you know what the top three pass catchers are most likely going to be. I don't think they make a splash at the receiver spot. Um, So, Andrews is just safe. You know, I I think he's kind of, you know, put himself, you know, going from the fourth option to the second option. So he's leapfrogged uh, Darren Waller and George Kittle. He should be ahead of Kyle Pitts. He's closer to Kelsey, if not ahead of Kelsey, if you want to go that route. Uh, I have no problem with that. Uh, the best thing about Andrews, I think, is going to be if you want a top-two tight end, he'll probably go toward the back end of round two, whereas Kelsey, as we saw at least in our two drafts, as we talked about on Monday, Adam, uh, went 15th and 16th, PPR and half PPR. So um, Dave's right. He's probably not going to go in the first round, but I don't think he's getting past the first 15 picks for the most part.
1: Well One last time, Adam. The 16 or 17-game pace, rather, for Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews? That would be... 87,040-something, right? 11, 87 41. catches,
2: 1,141 yards, eight touchdowns on 136 is, targets.
1: It, it's um, it's almost dead on for what Travis Kelsey had in 16 games this year, huh. which was an average of 15 PPR points per game.
2: That is interesting.
0: But that's, it's it's that's a 17-game pace could, compared to 16 games. It's just a matter of, if you're just looking at these two guys, is one ascending and the other descending? And that's the question you have to ask yourself. Is, is yep. Andrews going to do this year over year, like, you know, I me mean, look, we've seen it, you know, it was mm-hmm. Gronk taking over from Gonzalez. It was Kelsey taking over from Gronk. You know, there's the passing of the torch, you know, from, you know, one great tight end to the next. And can, can Andrews do it consistently or, and this is not a knock on him, or is he Jimmy Graham? You know, is he going to be just the second best guy of the top two guys? You know, we, we just haven't, you know, Kittle got close to Kelsey. He just didn't pass him. Waller got close to Kelsey, just didn't pass him. You know, and, and I'm saying, you know, over over span, you know, th- there was, you know, a couple of years for both those guys where they were right there with Kelsey, you know, just in terms of being the best. That year that it was Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz, you know, the, the record-breaking season that those three guys had was fantastic. It's just a matter of now can Andrews be that guy, but be that guy for a couple of seasons? And that's the question, you know, you have to ask yourself. Is is this the start of Andrews or is this just a great season for Andrews that will put him in the top three, top two, you know, maybe number one? Right. Or, or past Kelsey and Kelsey's now going to start to fade?
1: Or do you end up with a year like like Andrews had in twenty twenty, where he averaged just under twelve PPR points per game, which is still great for a tight end, just not for a tight end that you take in round two. Yeah,
2: it's all about targets. I mean, he basically what you like about Andrews is that he didn't well a lot of things, but he didn't do anything that's unsustainable statistically. It's not like his his catch rate, his yards per target, his touchdown rate. It's not like everything went nuts. It just he got targeted a lot more, and they threw the ball. A lot more than they ever had at per game. Obviously, they played an extra game, but like I said, they were 32nd in passing two straight years, and then they were ninth in pass attempts. Not pass. they're
0: not going back to that, but well, they're that's not going to be
2: ninth. Yeah, all right. But what you just went on a whole thing about Mark Andrews—is he the next? Blah blah blah. Could you have the same discussion and just take away Mark Andrews and insert Kyle Pitts? Does Kyle Pitts have the potential to to yes. unseat Travis Kelsey?
0: Absolutely. Uh, but he's probably not going to do it with this quarterback because, as we've seen, Matt Ryan is allergic to throwing touchdowns to his top guys, you know, to the level that you need it to be. You know, now, can he get to eight touchdowns like, you know, you just said with what um, Andrew's paces. Absolutely. You know, we, we, you know, Julio Jones, Roddy White, you know, those guys lived basically at eight touchdowns. You know, you, you could just pencil in every year. Okay. Uh, Julio Jones is going to have 1,500 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. You know, it was just kind of tried and true. Yeah. <laughs> um, can Pitts be that guy? Uh, yes. For sure. And the second year is when we see these elite level guys take that leap. And so it's worth buying into. He's my third tight end. And it's uh, it's not so far off from where Kelsey and and Andrews should be drafted. But I think he's going to go in round three. And so, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley, hopefully back with the Falcons. Uh, That's something we have to keep an eye on. If Ridley is gone, they're clearly going to have to address the receiver position. Russell Gage is a free agent, you know, so they have a lot of decisions to make there. But, um, you know, you have Arthur Smith. Where's his history? He was a tight ends coach previously. So those guys always tend to matter uh, in that regard. I'm sure that factored into the draft uh, drafting of Kyle Pitts. But, you know, you saw it last year. You know, we're going to say he was a fantasy bust because he didn't score touchdowns and didn't finish to where he was drafted. He didn't live up to that. But as a rookie tight end in the NFL, based on what that position has typically meant and what he did, great season to start his career. And so the expectations were just a little out of control. And they might be out of control again this year because of, you know, I'm not going to be the only one saying this by far. Um, he's He's got that potential to take that leap and to be in that conversation. I don't think he passes Kelsey. I don't think he passes Andrews, but it would not shock me in any way, shape, or form.
1: I think he could. I think he could do it. And we talked about targets and what that meant for Andrews and what it's meant for Kelsey for all these years, not to mention Waller and Kittle too. We'll talk about that when we get to them. He had six and a half targets per game as a rookie. That's low, and I would expect that number to go up. I'm counting on Calvin Ridley not being on the Falcons next year. I'm counting on Atlanta bringing in a young receiver to help try and take some coverage away from Kyle Pitts, and I'm hoping that another offseason will give Arthur Smith plenty of time to come up with fresh ideas on how to scheme Kyle Pitts open in the red zone. I think he can be a top three, top two fantasy tight end with Matt Ryan at quarterback, but I think he needs to be Saturated in targets, he needs to be in that eight plus target per game range, which is rarefied error for tight ends. Andrews did it last year, obviously. Kelsey did it last year, obviously. I don't know if there's another guy that did. Um, there is. There's Gronk. He averaged seven point four targets per game. Uh, there is one more: eight point four five targets per game for Darren Waller when he played. So, of course, you would expect to see something like that for Waller. I think Pitts. I think you count on Pitts getting to eight targets per game and you draft accordingly. And I have a hard time believing that at eight targets per game, he does not finish as a top three fantasy tight end, which is why, like Jamie, I've got him third.
2: Okay. He, Kyle Pitts, led all tight ends in yards per catch and was third at tight end in yards per target behind Dallas Goddard, actually, who was number one, and George Ooh. Kittle, who was number two. Uh, you know, Dave, when you're sitting you're talking tight ends, you want to crack open a beer? I know you're reaching for a Miller Lite. Miller Lite has always been a great-tasting light beer for people who love beer. So what do you think? Are you Are going to sit down and watch a little hoops tomorrow night? A little signing day
1: coverage? Well, sure, we could definitely do that. But what do you think I was doing on Sunday yeah, true. during the conference championship games? Two awesome games. Two three-point games. And, yeah, it's been a few weeks since I've been watching football in the office. I've been watching at home. I've got a nice big TV at home. I've got a pretty little wife who loves football who sits next to me, and (laughs) she and I cracked open a couple of Miller Lights and just sat back and enjoyed football. Uh, It it was unpredictable football. The Bengals winning, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. The Rams and Niners having a close game, I think a lot of people saw that coming. But what isn't unpredictable is Miller Light. It's always good and clean and crisp and just the, the perfect chillaxing type of beer.
2: Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with the taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com. good yeah, for me. There you go. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash FFT to find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. I, you know, I keep forgetting to say this. So I just want to say it before we get back into tight ends. I think if we get a great Super Bowl.
1: You know, one Which we po- will. Yeah, hopefully. One possession. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be as good as Super Bowl 55 and a half, but it'll be good.
2: <laughs> I think that there's going to be some type of argument to be made that this has been one of the all-time great NFL seasons. I remember on Red Zone in week 18, they had mentioned we had the most walk-off wins this year in like something like 40 years. And I love the unpredictability. I love that it's Rams Bengals. I, you know, I love the-, the
0: lowest seed in Super Bowl ever.
2: Really?
1: Two four yeah. seeds.
2: I, I mean, I'm not sure I'd love that every year, but I just, I love the upheaval this year. Uh, it was great to see. And we had so many exciting games and so many exciting finishes. And the playoffs first round sucked, but the last two rounds have been unbeatable.
1: How many three point games were there? I think almost every, every game, game. in mean, yeah. the last no, two it's, weeks.
2: It's, it's bills was not. Oh, Chiefs' bills is overtime. Oh, okay, right. So, all four games ended on the last play, which you know, you know what I mean. We were one on the last play in, in right. the in the divisional, in the divisional round. playoffs. Yep. And then that happened with one of the two games, and the other one was a three point game in the championship round. So thrillers. It's been amazing, and I think there'll be some type of metric that comes out putting this season. I really believe it's been one of the best years. Um, you know what the Bengals' odds were to get to the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, I when At preseason. Yep. I read they it but huge. I already forgot. I remember sitting in our in our studio talking about who we thought was going to make the playoffs and no one said Cincinnati then. What were the odds? It's got to be 75 one. to 1. Oh, to make the playoffs? No, Pete's been on that. But to to go to the Super Bowl, 75 Super Bowl, to 1. Super Bowl, no, but playoffs,
0: yes, he said the playoffs. To okay. win the Super Bowl or to go. To go to the Super Bowl, the odds were 75
1: to 1. To go to the Super Bowl? Yes.
2: That sounds hot. Not
1: to win the Super Bowl. So that means to win the Super Bowl Bowl must have been 150 to 1.
2: All right. um, Let's back to tight ends. They won two games two years ago. They won more games in the playoffs than they did two years ago. Yeah, they have made the best, the fastest, worst to Super Bowl turnaround ever. Or maybe if they win the Super Bowl, it will be the fastest ever from first pick in the draft
1: to the Super Bowl. Where were the Rams in 1998? Because the Rams were in that conversation. Yeah, I
0: just read that yesterday.
1: Yeah. I'm and, I mean, sure. they're, they're, if the Bengals win, and even if they don't, there's going to be all kinds of conversations about how important is offensive line play, how important is the secondary. Like, Cincinnati, the, the way they've gotten here with the team that they have, I mean, no one thought that they could do it. Now, no one. I don't, I don't know how many people thought they'd even make the playoffs. Like, we talked about Pete Prisco obviously did, but just their offensive line on paper looks so bad. Their defense on paper really felt underwhelming, and yet here they are. There's an article. Well, I wonder. I wonder what player on the Bengals makes the biggest difference.
2: There's an article. McPherson. Um, Must be Pearson. One of those Fan Nation articles. So I don't really know exactly what to make of it, but on SI.com about how they slowed down the Chiefs' offense, and a lot of it's probably accurate because they use you know statistics. They played. They drop back in coverage. You know, I think with eight defenders more than any other game this year, but also. Mm-hmm. It was just talking about the way they built their team. They 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 prefer depth at defensive back rather than having an elite corner. Um, they they like linebackers who can cover. They played a coverage linebacker more in this game than maybe they Morgan had all Wilson season. Had a
0: phenomenal season. Uh,
2: so they they did a lot of really cool things. If you want to read about it, and it's why their defensive coordinator is getting some head coaching buzz. But uh, they seem to be a pretty innovative franchise. And they are overcoming a terrible offensive line. Can they do it one more week? That'll be the question. All right, guys, so let's focus. Sorry, tight ends. Some observations. You want the ADP though first. Of what? Were tight they- ends from last year. Um, no, that's that's okay. Um, we'll get because we'll get into ADP a little bit. Hmm.
1: I just looked this up, and and then we can talk tight ends. Uh, they played more than just more than fifty percent of their snaps in cover four, or cover six, against Kansas City. So really one of those situations where they did dare them to run.
2: Yeah. And I think a, mo- a lot of it was in the second half. Yes. Uh, once again, the top five tight ends were all either first or second on their team in targets. The exception would be on a per game basis. Rob Gronkowski was not, he was third in targets, but the top five tight ends, including Zach Ertz, who was second in on the Eagles in targets in his tenure there. And then he was first in targets with the Cardinals when, uh, in those games, So that's always something you want to look at, first or second on the team in targets. Almost every top five tight end fits that category. How about the last two years of tight ends? Mark Andrews, this past year, scored 90 more PPR fantasy points than tight end three, Dalton Schultz. I mean, he crushed him. The year before, you compare tight end one to tight end three, Travis Kelsey scored 136 more points than Robert Tunyon. But the previous four seasons, when Travis Kelsey was number one, the difference between tight end one and tight end three with 34, 40, 31, and 16 PPR fantasy points. So it was pretty close between tight end one and tight end three. The last two years we've had tight end one destroying everybody, tight end two destroying everybody but tight end one basically, tight end three way behind. Not per game necessarily, but I thought that was interesting. And uh, how about this, Uh, Jamie, give me your thoughts on this stat. Over the last four seasons... 50% of the tight ends who have finished top five in PPR have been drafted in round 12 or later, including Zach Ertz and Dalton Schultz this year. So half of the 20 tight ends who have finished top five in PPR the last four seasons were drafted round 12 or later. Isn't that weird?
0: Uh, It is weird. I guess you should go back to that. uh, The question we got yesterday about uh, us doing a better job of draft prep. So um, all the tight ends I'm going to recommend are going to be round 12 or later. Um, I mean, you know, you just think about the last two seasons with, you know, Robert Tunyon and Logan Thomas and and this season with Dalton Schultz and I guess who would be next? Uh, Ertz. Uh, Ertz, Ertz, yeah. Um, you know, you, you think about how that unfolded for Schultz. It was, you know, I don't know if it was the Gallup injury opening things up for him right away and then they just couldn't go away from him. Jarwin getting hurt also. Uh, Ertz, we know. Um so, yeah, it's just, I think one of those scenarios where if you don't, it, it, it's great or late. Again, you know, same thing. You know, if you don't get one of the top five guys, I think, then you just kind of, you know, maybe punt the position. Now, I do think, you when know, we get to the conversation about who's going to be, you know, six through 10, for example. Um, if Schultz stays in Dallas, uh, Goddard, uh, depending on where Ertz goes, uh, Hawkinson, you know, those four guys, I think, are going to kind of shape the position. And then you get past that, and then it's no fan, depending on who the quarterback is, and um, is Gronk still there, you know, and, and who's his quarterback, you know. So um, Knox and Friermuth, as we talked about when the Bills were eliminated, you know, just the touchdown potential of, of, of Knox in particular, but also Friermuth. So, yeah, it's it's it, it's going to be top-heavy again. It's just a matter of can those guys deliver the top? You know, we're, we're getting a little bit more of a robust group here um, where you, at least, you know, Pitt's, Pitt's getting into the top five, and Andrew's doing what he's doing. Or doing what he did, you know, the, the that that mix of the last couple of seasons of tight ends, you know, four, five, and six look a little bit better now. When you're talking about Waller, Kittle, and you know, being in that group.
2: And Dave, you know, the Jamie said tight ends four, five, six. But if you look at rounds four, five, six, that see that is a risky area to be drafting tight ends. And a lot of guys, how many are going to go before that? Probably five, right? Probably all five of them are going to could get- be. Be off, um, mm, nah, maybe not. I don't there, think there, five, there are all go.
0: five tight ends will be drafted in the first three
2: rounds. In the first three rounds, maybe I, round I four to... for Kittle, but right. that's, that's
1: that's gonna be a rare exception. Yeah, I think you, you can get some bleeding in the early round four. That's gonna be a, a
2: big change from what we've seen in the past because usually that second group is round four, five, six, and usually it's a lot of really bad picks in there. And again, it, it was two of the three did not pan out. Kyle Pitts, even though he had a great season, he didn't pan out, and TJ Hawkinson. It was actually seventh per game in PPR, but not even close to that in non. Um, but then again, Mark Andrews was in that range too. So I maybe the draft board will just look a little bit different, Dave. Maybe we just we'll have a gap. I don't know if, if anyone's going to go in those rounds really. You know, after those there, there's first no five. chance that they're getting past round four.
1: Right, Correct. right. And in the two mocks that we did, the fifth tight end was taken at thirty seventh overall and thirty sixth overall. Uh huh.
2: So, but so- is there going to be anyone in that? You
1: know, 50th pick
2: range, uh, rounds five and six, let's say. Goddard. You think so? Yeah. Goddard
1: will be in there and Hawkinson will be in there.
0: I do think there is a chance. It's probably a mistake, but there is a chance, depending on what the Broncos have to send to the Packers, if there is a trade, that Fant, if he's with Aaron Rodgers, does get pushed into that range because of people like us, not necessarily us on the show, but people in the industry. No offense, time is coming. You know, it's going to be... If they if there's some way it's it's Rogers they lose Judy and it's the two outside guys and Fant, you know because you've heard some compensation about you know Judy being part of a package to go to Green Bay and they don't get Devonte Adams. So if it's just you know Sutton, Patrick, Fant, Rogers is there, whoever else is the third receiver that they bring, in, you know, maybe it's just KJ Hamler, um, then you're going to hear a lot of well Fant is going to be the guy, he's going to be the inside guy, he's going to be the one they lean on, blah blah blah. There's a chance he gets into that group, but I think he's still probably closer to ten than he is to
1: five. So it's most likely it's going to be Goddard and Hawkins, But we could see that stock rise if that scenario, that exact scenario happens where there's no Devontae Adams and there's no Jerry Jude either, meaning that middle of the field is open for Noah Fant. People are going to be excited. And the other thing that I'll point out is that Noah Fant struggled with the last coaching staff that was there, which was a little bit of a surprise because Pat Shermer usually does like to utilize his tight ends a little bit more. I think it's a combination of the quarterbacks that played on top of him just not being trusted near the red zone. We'll see what happens with the new coaching staff there. He could end up being one of those. Well, it's the quarterback that matters more than the coaching staff. I I, I think so, too. But uh, Well, listen, in this case, the quarterback matters more because it's Aaron Rodgers. But if it was a different quarterback going to Denver, then I think the coaching staff would definitely have more of a say about who's who the number one guy, who the number one read is, who the number two read is when they get closer to the end zone. I don't know why it wasn't Fant more often, um, but that's the way it was in Denver for the past two seasons.
2: Well, what if Dalton Schultz is re-signed by the Cowboys? This was the number 3 tight end and he had a really good year. I'm great. excited. Yeah.
1: I'm excited about him for sure. I would I would look at him as definitely closer to a top 6 tight end, maybe the next best guy after the first 5 because he I just think he's ingrained at this point as a huge part of what the Cowboys offense is. He's tied for second in the team leading targets last year. I don't see him I don't see him backing down. Right, Gallup
0: is gone. You're hearing rumors about Amari Cooper maybe being gone. Um, you know, the 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 report out there that they could use a franchise tag on Schultz, they clearly like him. And so he's, he's a safe option if he stays. He is probably a bust candidate if he leaves because there's not going to be mm-hmm. a situation, I think, where he goes somewhere that he's going to have this type of opportunity and produce like this. We just see it time and
2: time again. Okay, let's do some sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Dave, give me an early sleeper.
1: I gave you three on FFT and five. The one I'll give you now is going to be Brevin Jordan in Houston. More of a receiver than a blocking type of tight end. Don't really know who that number two target is going to be in Houston's passing game. We assume if Brandon Cooks is there, he'll be number one. Jordan can take the next step, whether it's with Davis Mills or a better quarterback than Davis Mills. I think that he could take a leap, and he's one of those late-round pick guys that you can get some decent production from.
2: Brevin Jordan, once upon a time, in the spirit of signing day, was the number one tight end recruit. In the country. He's small though. That's why he fell to the fifth round. He's six foot two. Very small for a tight end, but as Dave said, more of a receiver. Jamie, give me your early sleeper. Um
0: let's see. I guess Pat Farm still qualifies, you know, based on how our drafts have gone.
2: Didn't do your homework um, last night. Huh? Didn't do your homework.
0: No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I'll go Pat for our move. I think he's still, you know, we got to see the quarterback is there in Pittsburgh, but uh, he'll get better
1: in year two and uh good late run
0: option.
2: All right, Dave, give me an early breakout.
1: An early breakout for 2022. I don't know if Dan Arnold's really going to stick in Jacksonville, but when he did play, he was their most productive tight end. Again, somebody who's more receiver than tight end when he plays and someone that Trevor Lawrence did lean on a little bit. I could see him having a, a very nice year. His first full season in Jacksonville, new coaching staff, hopefully a better offense tailored to Trevor Lawrence. And he plays a lot with the, uh, with the Jacksonville offense. Hopefully that happens. Jamie, you have a
2: breakout?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go back to Hawkinson. You know, I, I think if he stays healthy, hopefully he delivers. Um, Jared Goff, most likely the quarterback once again. And this is an offense. I think, you know, you, you can, you can buy some stock in, you know, we saw Jared Goff make some improvements. Offensive line's gonna be really good. Uh, Swift will be better. Uh, Maron St. Brown's going to be better. They're gonna add another receiver to the mix. Uh, but I think this is hopefully the year Hawkinson stays healthy and finally delivers on what we saw in terms of flashes the last couple of seasons.
1: Do you know where he ranked in targets per game last year among tight ends? Probably in top ten. Fifth. Pretty good. Who was that? Hawkinson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh targets a, per game.
2: Uh okay. Man, I'm trying to think of a breakout. It's not an easy position. Kyle uh, Pitts. I mean, fans well, will be in that pits, category, yeah. clearly,
0: if, if they
2: get a quarterback. You know, Upgrade. oh, Cole Komet, man. I like Cole Komet. I, good for you. I mean, that passing game is going to be potentially so much better than it was. I just, Not
0: potentially.
1: It will be much better.
2: Well, unless Fields just isn't good. But I think he is good. So, Komet, I
1: think, would would really stand to benefit there. Another guy who could use some end zone targets.
2: All right. How about an early bust? Dave?
1: I think Fant would qualify. The unsexy pick that I would make would be Mike Sasaki who is a free agent this offseason, really disappointed down the stretch with Miami. Um had a bunch of like meh games, not necessarily breakout games. That's a tight end that I don't see myself drafting a lot of no matter where he goes. Jamie.
0: I mean there there are two that are obvious to me and that's you know depending on where they end up, but it's Dalton Schultz and Zach Ertz, you know. So you know, two guys that if they leave their teams, uh, you know, and end up in situations where they're going to potentially struggle, Schultz is the most obvious one. You know, so he leaves Dallas. Good luck drafting him as a as a top 10 tight end. Um, and then for Ertz, uh, he's obviously older. He's, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, what, what type of situation he ends up in. But I would like to see him stay in Arizona, especially looking at what the receiving core looks like right now. Um, but if he's gone, then probably hands off for me. He averaged 11.5 PPR points per game with the Cardinals last year.
2: That's really good. That's there were really so how many
0: busts at this position last year based on the ADP. It's, it's ugly.
2: You know, I wanted to look up ADP or where this guy went in our drafts. I'm looking at a tight end that went in our half PPR draft in round 8, in our full PPR draft round 10. Dawson Knox. Curious where he's going to go this year, this upcoming year.
1: What do you think about? Knox? I could see him getting overdrafted a little. I you can't complain about round 10. Can't really complain that much about round 8 either, but he definitely still fits the profile of a touchdown needy tight end who will occasionally eclipse 70 yards in a game. I wish we
0: would have gotten a chance to see, you know, he had the broken hand when he was really starting to play at his best. Mm. And then he came back and he had some good moments, but it just wasn't the same. And so, you know, just that lost time, I wonder how much that impacted him
2: so many terrible games from Dawson Knox you know his look his yards last 5 games including the playoffs and he played 88% or more of the snaps in every game 11 yards 0 yards 49 yards 89 yards and two touchdowns and 9 yards that is 3 games out of 5 with fewer than with 11 or fewer yards uh plus 5 for 89 and 2 against the patriots in the playoffs mm-hmm. and remember it's Josh Allen was they had bad weather in some of those games. Josh Allen wasn't tearing it up down the stretch in those games. Two of them were against New England. One was great. But, uh, yeah, you know, if he's the same type of player, then he's going to be disappointing. But if he continues to improve, then... But it's
0: it's the greater late. You know, if you miss, this is the perfect guy to go target because you know you'll have some big weeks. They'll help you win. There'll be some weeks where he just frustrates the hell out of you. Yeah, So yeah, you might be dropping him after week four.
2: But round eight is not late. No, no but round later. ten is. Yeah, round ten is
1: is late he might be the 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 top name on your list when you get to the late round tight ends and you won't you probably won't even care who the bills are playing in week one two three you're just gonna say okay this is a guy that you know scored nine touchdowns last year and has a chance to score no matter who they play because of who his quarterback is he was 20th in targets per game among tight ends last year by the oh. way
2: all right that's Dawson Knox we're talking about that wraps up our tight end discussion. And when we come back, you know, you may have heard yesterday on the show that I am C three PO. I closely identify with a lot of C three PO's traits, just being very nervous. Yeah, annoying and talk a lot. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but also very lovable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, according to one of our YouTube commenters, I am not C three PO. Find out who on this show is and Star Wars characters for all of us, plus your emails and some news right after this on Fantasy Football Today. Welcome back to the show. Oh dear, who is C-3PO? Well, Nick Ebmeier commented, Adam is not C-3PO, it's Chris. Always extra calculated, but still nervous. Adam is Jar Jar Binks, always forgetting laptops and causing chaos. That makes Dave Yoda, because he's so calm and wise. Shraggy B is R2-D2, because he's always pressing buttons and saving the day. Heath is Chewy because of the beard and the sound effects. Jamie is Poe Dameron. Did I say that right? Yeah. Because he's always so intense in a combo of savior plus devil's advocate. All us listeners are Grogu just trying to make it through the day. I don't get Wait, all of think, that. So if Heath
0: were Chewy, what would a Chewy sigh sound like? So <laughs> yeah, That's for you to, to so perform. Mm. Chewy, obviously, you know, most of the... And then a sigh would be like... Oh. <laughs> Is it this one?
2: <laughs> oh. oh gosh. <laughs> oh. Oh. That's the uh, compilation. <laughs> uh, <yeah.
0: laughs> uh, it's pretty good. You gotta have like you gotta, you gotta be more you know you gotta get
2: got <laughs> no it's like you gotta you know you gotta sigh. <laughs> like you're doing the Chewbacca yeah. noise while you puke. <laughs> Which a lot of our listeners just did by the way. Uh, all right, so Dave, congratulations it to Yoda. Off. He's the, Yoda's the best character, and that's you. Way to go.
1: Yes, because mm-hmm. I'm just glad he didn't say Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> and even though I've never <laughs> Thank seen... Thank you for building my confidence a little bit. I've never seen the Jar Jar Binks. Wild comment that was.
2: I've never seen the Jar Jar Binks once, but even I know I don't want to be Jar Jar Binks. No.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, news I'm and notes. You, that's one. Just avoid that movie. That's the first one? Yeah. Watch the next two. Watch Rogue One. Yeah. And then watch the final three.
2: <laughs> Just six movies. No big deal. I mean, you already started. Just have your wife go to sleep early and you get to watch all the <laughs> movies you want. Have you guys,
1: Adam, I know the answer <laughs> to this for you is no. Have you, Jamie, watched The Book of Boba Fett? Not yet. No. On my list. We're through four episodes. I love it. I, I might love it. I might start it today when I do my next Peloton ride. You're going to end up finishing it today. It's so good. That's what Very I am hearing. Very bingeable.
2: Yeah, I keep hearing it's great things. I started watching the South Park post COVID movie last night, which is really funny. That's on Paramount Plus, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I fell asleep, but I was cracking up. <laughs> the whole premise is so funny that it's South Park post COVID and they're in their thirties, it seems. It's like COVID lasted like Three decades, which is just – it's very – because, like, they start off with everybody's throwing away their masks, and it's like, oh, COVID's finally over. Then you see they're in their 30s, but it's very funny uh, so far. Check it out on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. News and notes. CJ Uzama and Tyler Higbee have sprained MCLs in the Bengals-Rams upcoming Super Bowl.
0: Can I tell you, when you uh, when you were starting to get into the tight end preview, but you veered off until saying this was going to be the best season ever, I thought this is where you were going. <laughs> and you said, when we get to the Super Bowl, I'm like, is he going to start with Uzama and Bigby? <laughs> like, this is the tight end talk?
2: <laughs> no, no, I just spared the listeners. Um, meanwhile, they haven't had the Rams haven't had their starting safety Taylor Rapp for the entire postseason. He's had a concussion. They're optimistic that he'll be back for the Super Bowl. And even bigger news, public schools in Cincinnati are getting the day after the Super That's Bowl awesome. as an off day. Which is going to be great? It's going to be very, very celebratory, or just kids staying home after the Bengals lost. We'll if see. you
0: were the Bengals, would you displace the Rams out of their locker room to take the locker room because you're the home team, or would you just say, you know what, you guys stay
1: where you are, we're we're coming in anyway, we'll take the visitors' locker? Room. Wow, how much nicer is the home locker room from the visitors? You got to locker room. assume it's nicer.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a brand new stadium; it's probably high end.
1: Like, know, how big is the gap between the, the bathroom stalls? Can someone peek in between if they wanted to see if somebody was in there or not? <laughs> no, these are not stalls.
2: Little, that would be uncomfortable. These are doors that close, you know, They're, they go all the way to the bottom. You can't even see the feet. Yeah, so, so you don't even I'm know if anybody's feet. You lock it, you know? and you have to actually get up on a stool. I trust me, you have to get up on a stool and look over to see in.
0: I'm um, still in therapy for that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I would take the home locker rooms.
0: I can't believe I still talked to you after that. <laughs>
2: Uh, I can't, believe, I
1: think I would take the whole locker rooms How about you. So, so you would be a jerk.
2: I mean, it's, it's
0: definitely gamesmanship, you know, to, okay, you know what, oh, you guys got to yeah, walk I mean, in the building, go in the other place and, and we have your locker. Room. Like if, if I was, uh, I don't know, uh, Jamar Chase, I'd be like, I want Jalen Ramsey's locker. I'd be standing in front of it, posing, <laughs> posing pictures. <laughs> you
1: know? It's only going to, it's only going to feel amazing and be a footnote if they win though. Because then they're like, "We're celebrating in your locker room." They can stand outside if they win. They don't care. Yeah. Um,
0: I would probably not take it. Like, what's the yeah, point? Don't they
2: care. don't care. Yeah, yeah. All right, I would take it. I'm a jerk.
1: I don't think that. I don't think I could see Joe Burrow sitting at his press conference after the game, going, "I think we would have won if we had just taken their locker room."
2: No, but you want a better locker room,
1: you know? You're. How long are you in there for? A few hours. That's a big deal. All Look, right. as long as it's not like the locker rooms at the Oakland Coliseum, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. No sewage. But you're making them clear out all their stuff. That's the thing. It's like right, it's right. Yeah. I think it might be half cleared out anyway. They don't use it every day. No, but they don't they have to clear out right? their stuff until after the season's over. And there's I mean, that locker don't. room might be empty right now anyway. All right, other let's, than let's like, the name tags. Move
2: on. Uh, Washington is preparing to take a big swing at quarterback this offseason, according to Albert Breer.
1: Well, good for the commanders. That so was about 20 other teams
2: the Raiders players were reportedly disappointed that Josh McDaniels was hired. They were, I would be too. They really liked Rich Passaccio and they didn't show up. They didn't show up to the press conference for McDaniels. No players were there. It's not a good way to start. McDaniels has an abnormally large head. Does he? Yeah. Interesting. I like what he said about the tuck roll. What he said about the tuck rule. Yeah. He (laughs) sheepishly admitted it was a fumble. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Garoppolo said he was in pain on every play during the postseason. Makes me feel bad for kind of criticizing him.
0: Yeah, Rappaport said uh, he's headed for thumb, sur- thumb surgery, um, most likely. So, yeah, when Washington swings for a quarterback, they'll uh, go to the operating table and just say, "Here, sign this," because you, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but don't use your thumb. <laughs> All right, let's read some emails. Fantasy at CBSI.com. This is from Nathan. Full PPR, Keeper League, four-point per-passing touchdown, only two receivers and a flex. Keep any three. Jalen Hurts, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle.
0: Oh, man. That got better as it went along.
2: Yes, not Hurts. No. sure. Not Waddle.
0: It's actually tough. Cook and, and Taylor are easy. Um, the tough call would be between Chase and Williams if Williams gets a significant quarterback upgrade, but I'm going chase.
1: I would be prepared to go chase ahead of Williams as well. There's an interesting story in The Denver Post about what the track record has been with running backs uh, under Nathaniel Hackett. And there's been, like back to his days in Buffalo when he was calling the plays. there was Did a split. Spiller? yeah, there's a split between F. Jackson Spiller. Uh, and then the year after that, I think Jackson got hurt and that's why you saw Anthony Dixon get a little bit more work. Um, and then in Jacksonville, it was Leonard Fournette. So might just be a case where when he's got a guy that he knows is good, he's going to lean on him as the primary back. I think we're going to I, – based on that, I think we're going in a direction that we're going to like with Javante Williams. But I would still take Jamar Chase over Javante Williams here. I mean, that just
0: gives you such a leg up to have a potential top three receiver in those two running backs.
1: What would it take for you to consider Javante Williams ahead of Dalvin Cook? Because then you could have Taylor, Williams, and Chase – and if, if there's no restrictions on how long you can keep a guy, you can keep those three for a long time. Fair point. Yep. Mm-hmm. So think about what that would take. But it's, it's pretty incredible when Tyreek Hill is like fifth on, on the list.
2: From Matt in Massachusetts, I need to keep seven for next year. It's a 10-team, two-quarterback PPR league. So the main ones that he says are Lamar Jackson. It's a 2QB league. So Lamar sure. Jackson, Kyler Murray.
1: So those two done. Probably.
2: Dalvin Cook. So we need five more. Dalvin Cook, Javante Williams, Terry McLaurin, Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs, and Darren Waller. You just have to throw one of those guys back. Dalvin Cook, Javante, Terry McLaurin, Ridley, Diggs, and Waller. Right now I'd be throwing back McLaurin,
0: but depends on where Ridley ends up.
2: Okay. I would too. Heath and I won our 2QB 10-team league with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray as our first two picks. And it wasn't really because of Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, I must say. It was because of Mark Andrews. Uh, Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Nathan, for your emails. Everybody, you can leave uh, an Apple Podcast review. You can ask a question or make Star Wars comparisons on YouTube, but always emailing helps too. It works great. at CBSI.com. That's it for today's show. We will talk to you on Thursday with some projections with Heath and Chris on Thursday's episode of Fantasy Football Today.